Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomian Temper and Temporality Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 8 The Fog Parted from one another in a way neither could comprehend, but united by the same predicament, the Professor and Astrid tumbled through the fog. Oscillations of sound rang across their ears, a thin zinging screech like two metal poles scraping against one another. Some were distant, others blistered as if beside them, though there was no discernible source for the disturbance. Only the silver mist. From time to time a low rumble, like sluggish thunder, joined the metallic tones. Both travellers tried to hone their hearing to the deep reverberation as it rose into a discernible voice. Begin the partition, it ordered. Extrapolate the divergence. Then it fell into nothing, and they continued to fall. The professor breathed hard trying to gain some sense of bearing in the silvery-grey void. All notion of direction abandoned her, and she tumbled on through into nothingness, twisting and turning one way then the other, the sensation of being catapulted by an unknown force, causing her stomach to lurch. She tried to look around her, but could not tell left from right nor up from down. She had feared that any moment Raleigh would be upon her once again, but she became sure that she was quite alone in the nothingness. She tried to steady her breathing, and then, from all around her, came Jane's voice. My dear Cassandra, I have the most wonderful news. Though today began with the dull, aching humiliation of leaving Manny down forever, no sooner had I turned away from the bedeviled den of sorrows, a new chapter of my life burst into being. No! no, no the professor no, called, her voice echoing back to her through the banks of fog rushing past her this way and that. Oh, please, Jane, no. I have spoken many times of the generosity and kindness Mr. Raleigh has shown me when visiting the house. His presence has, on so many occasions, banished the shadows cast by Harris and his Aunt Lydia. And my final harrowing ordeal at Manidan was similarly leavened when he appeared thundering across the grounds towards me as I departed. Oh, Cassandra, I cannot bring myself to put to paper the words he spoke to me. They still send tremors through me, and I can scarce recall them without succumbing to a fit of relief and happiness. My dearest sister, he has asked me to marry him. Without a thought, I accepted. No! cried the professor into the void. This time it was not her voice which echoed back at her, but the laughing growl of Raleigh. <laughs> Astrid was screaming. Not in pain, but in frustration. Being unable to tell if she were upright or not was pulling at her temper, and her protestations joined the occasional screech of energy that populated the grey nothingness. She had walked, or even run on occasion, into the fog many times, but the transition from one version of Wickfield to the next had been instantaneous, like passing through a cascade of water. This was different. She felt as though she were being pulled towards something, or rather dragged by something making a meandering journey through the mist. The void reminded her of the silver stream the professor's machine travelled upon, 
only it gave the sensation of being heavier, stickier even. There was no torrent of rushing light marking their route. This was something far more unrefined. And then she heard the voice. My dear Cassandra, I have the most wonderful news. Ah, not another one of her bleeding letters, Astrid wailed. My stay at Whitfield Park has been a most unexpected tonic to years of unhappiness. It is though the season about me has changed from winter to spring without my notice, and I find myself ready to cast aside my thick garments of mourning. You ain't the only one who don't know what time of year it is. Try being me for five minutes, Astrid called out. As you know, Mr Rivers has proven a generous host and supportive companion during my stay, and our walks together have led us to discuss so many aspects of our respective histories. We have both endured the forfeiture of our marriages before their time, and both spent too long in the cold season of grief. In time, we have come to realise that we are both ready to enjoy the spring once more. Astrid sensed what was coming and simply whimpered, remembering Rivers and Jane standing together on the doorstep of Wickfield mere moments ago. My dearest Cassandra, I am to be remarried. I had never sanctioned the thought of such a happening, but now I can see no future for myself beyond Wickfield Park and my dearest, darling Mr Rivers. Mr Rivers? Astrid blurted out, cutting off Jane's voice for the last time. He didn't even tell you his name? What the hell are you marrying him for? He's a liar! The invisible force pulling her through the void veered again, and she was winded. Her chest tightened, and a great pressure built up in her head. The silver fog turned darker as her eyes closed, and she began to lose consciousness. Her last memory dominated by River's deep, triumphant laugh. <laughs> I do so hope, Sister Mine, that you shall be able to join us for the ceremony. It will be a simple affair and we hope to be wed very soon. I shall, of course, give you good notice so that you may be present to share our happiness. Yours forever. Jane Rivers. Jane, Rivers. Jane, Jane Big Wither. Jane, Big Wither. Jane, Big Jane, Jane Campbellwell. Jane Campbell. Jane Campbell. Jane Jane. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier Temper and Temporality An Unbound Theatre Production Written by Dario Knight And performed by Erica Sanderson With music by Kevin MacLeod Music